This is episode 196 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 196 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Corey Matthews on the show. Corey is a realtor and an investor living in the St. Catharines, Niagara area. Today, he came on the show to talk about a slightly different approach to investing. So Corey really likes to uh, keep a lot of equity in his projects. He likes to move very methodically through his real estate investing strategy. Today, he talked about how he's been able to secure deals and work through these deals to get a really value-based renovation done, build a lot of equity into the deal, and build a thousand plus dollars of cash flow into pretty much every deal in his portfolio, some with much, much more than that. One of the big takeaways from this episode is it's not really the number of doors. So many people talk about number of doors, but you might have a number of doors that are all not cash flowing. There's a lot of flexing going on in the real estate investing industry. So it's kind of refreshing to see somebody who isn't worried about acquiring the most number of doors and really just making sure that every last deal counts. That's a big takeaway from this episode. Really enjoyed the conversation. Corey seems to be a real straight shooter and great talking with him. So as always, if you're enjoying the show, I ask you to please leave us a positive review. A five-star rating would be greatly appreciated. And if you're on YouTube, make sure you hit the like, subscribe, and notification bell if you haven't already done so. And uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of the episode. It just helps more people find the show, helps it get it out there. Now, without further ado, let's jump into episode 196. Wow, 196, almost at 200 with Corey Matthews. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I've got Corey Matthews on the show today. Corey, thanks for coming over. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm looking forward to uh, to the chat. So you came to the golf tournament. I yeah. know we uh, we had a couple of uh, exchanges on Instagram. I think we chatted once on the phone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and chatted about U.S. real estate. Yeah, yeah, we chatted. So it's all all coming back to me. I was looking up. Uh, I looked up your name. Saw that it's the same as the character from Boy Meets World. Yeah, and um, <laughs> get that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did some further digging and found our Instagram conversation. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, here we are. So. Um, yeah, if you don't mind, just give me a little uh, a little bit of a summary of what it is you do in real yeah. estate investing and what you do for an occupation, all that stuff. Yeah, so um, we've been investing in real estate. We, my wife and I, have uh, been investing in real estate for a little over 10 years. Um, it's actually why I got into real estate. So I'm a real estate uh, agent and, uh, and I do some construction, management and general contracting. Okay. Um, so I kind of fell into it because when I was 22, I wanted to buy real estate myself. And I went to an agent and yeah. nobody wanted to help me because I was this like young green kid who knew nothing, yeah. right? Just had a little bit of money to, to invest. So I figured the best way to, to learn is to just become an agent and teach myself and then be that person for other people looking to get into the industry. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. I just had Irwin on a similar story. Like his was just like, well, he felt like he was getting bad advice and you're paying so much in realtor commissions. You should, yeah. it's like, well, I guess I should just start being a realtor. Well, and a lot of yeah. realtors aren't focused on investors, right? Like now yeah. there are more of them, but, uh, when, like when I was doing that 10 years ago, it's like, you know, aside from like invest in a condo, get negative cash flow and hope for appreciation. Yeah. There's not a lot of people telling you like, Hey, this is yeah. a strategy. Well, you're not going to find a whole lot of realtors that say, no, I don't do investments. And they're like, oh, yeah, we do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do you really? <laughs> yeah, right. And do you know how to run a pro forma? Do you know how to run like uh, yeah. the proper budgets and stuff like that? Yeah, if your head's not in it, it's just not going to work the same. Like yeah. you're, you're going to find rarely will they say, no, I don't. But yeah, exactly. There's the conflict of interest with realtors where like anything that, that means they will for sure not get a commission, they probably won't say. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I've... Uh, I'm not saying all, but yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that, that is common. I did a bit of that uh, actually in the last little bit here. Um, 
against the advice of some other people was saying like your job's to sell, right? Your job's to get people in homes. And I didn't really think it was the right market environment for some of my clients. And I said, you know, it's best for you to hold off because I saw a lot of the stuff that was yeah. coming down the pipeline coming uh, with like high inflation. And so like that's so why I thought interest rates were going to be rising and prices would start to come down. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately for some people like they did. Um, so I don't know. For me, it's like I'd rather make less money but have like a good conscience yeah. at the end of the day and be able to sleep at night. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Like the economy and, and, and kind of where things are going is, is definitely uh, a topic open for discussion because there's a lot of impacting factors. And I think we've talked about this before, just like kind of the things that affect our current situation and where we're headed. Um, man, there's so many variables. It's hard to know where we, where we land. Yeah. 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 I remember I remember I had a conversation. I think I had a conversation with you in January saying like... Um, you know, mm-hmm. talking about the U.S. market because when I was looking at stuff in Canada and like I went to Thunder Bay, I went to Sault Ste. Marie, like I flew up there, took a look at properties up there mm-hmm. and still just to try to find deals, right? Because I'm, I'm hungry. I want to buy the next thing. But when the numbers don't make sense, you just can't buy it, yeah. right? Like, Yeah, so. and we should, we'll crunch a couple numbers on, on the podcast today and just kind of like look at what's cash on cash returns now and what like yeah. when you factor like no inflate and no appreciation. Mm-hmm. Shit, you could even go negative yeah. and, and say, okay, I'm actually going to be losing on the value I pay yeah. and hopefully making it up on my pay down and on my cash flow. Yeah, yeah. It's possible because we don't know where the bottom is. As long as they, as long as they keep raising interest rates, it's going to keep artificially restricting demand. Yeah. And there's a, le- like, well, there's a level of opportunity cost too, right? Like you could get in it today, right? And you know, in the long term, yeah, you're going to be fine. Like, 50, like we're talking like 15 years. Yeah. Your investment's going to be worth more than what you paid today even if it does go down a mm-hmm. bit, but it's like you're waiting 15 years. So is there another investment that you could put your money into that's going to make you a better return, right? And well, I mean, we haven't really gotten to fully your story yet, but what are yeah. your thoughts on that? Like what what are what are you thinking? Like what is the alternative? Because I look at it and I'm like from a cash on cash standpoint, some of these investments, and they have been for quite some time because yeah. cash flow hasn't been, been there, but people were banking on inflation and they were okay appreciation and they were okay with with the uh, the lower cash flow yeah now it's like you no longer have the appreciation element for now yeah and you have have the low cash on cash like erwin was talking about uh doing energy stocks that get like six percent plus dividends yeah that's better than people are making on their cash on cash in real estate well exactly right i yeah. mean and the thing is too you got to be so with real estate you got to be careful i think a lot of people kind of forget about this but like the leverage aspect of it mm-hmm. the leverage aspect of it is generally why you were able to make 20 yeah. plus 30% returns when even, even higher when things were appreciating. But like when I ran my numbers in my metrics, I run a 2% appreciation model. I always have two. And, yeah. and I, and then I look at that and go, you know, my, it has to cash flow, right? So all my properties have to cash flow at least 500 bucks to a thousand dollars. And then what that does is now I'm not concerned right now with, yeah. I can weather this storm because mm-hmm. even if interest rates do go up, like when I, like, I locked all mine in it too. So like Oh, the same last year I yeah, locked in like, a bunch. Oh yeah, like I was I wasn't taking any chances. And the yeah. thing is too, it's like when you can get money under 2%, yeah. even under 3%, like yeah. you should be locking that in cuz I mean, yeah. you're just splitting hairs after Yeah, after yeah, that, after right? that, yeah. Uh yeah, I'm with you with that like uh 2021 I I saw it. I'm like, man, we're like low twos. Yeah, exactly. How can you do that much better? I can get close to 2 on 1, you know, like 2 and a quarter. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're thinking that maybe fixed rates are going to go down to one and a half and you want to, you want to take the variable, I just couldn't understand that at that time. The only, the only reason I will say variable makes sense and yeah. still does is if you need flexibility to, to exit, right? Yeah. So I made that yeah. mistake. So I was on a flip 
Mm-hmm. I did a flip in uh, in Niagara Falls, and I thought, oh well, lock in a good rate. But I because I didn't know whether I was going to do a flip or not, or whether I was going to yeah. keep it. And uh, and a better opportunity came up after we were done flip finishing it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really make sense to rent it, so we sold it. And I couldn't port it properly without, so I ended up having to pay the like a interest rate differential. Yeah, well, luckily the how mortgage, much was it? I was like four or five thousand dollars i've like, had to pay it a couple of times and it's like that it wasn't yeah. it wasn't big uh, because we're talking about small mortgages small when, well and <laughs> and it's based on how much posted rate changed from the bank's perspective so the day you got your mortgage to now like if posted rate on the bank if they were they it's not the rate they gave you but yeah. if they had a posted rate of four seven nine and you got a three percent rate because you get a discount now now their posted rate is four six nine then you're going to pay 0.1 percent for the remainder of your term yeah. which where it really gets sticky is where people get hit with a half a percent for like three years yeah, yeah. and then it hurts and yeah. you don't want to end up there. So yeah, that's why anyone, like I say, if, you know, if you're not willing to, to stick in that investment, that's the bigger determining factor. Yeah. Because if you go fixed and, you know, rates drop, then you're just paying a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and like, so, I mean, I can go into my investment philosophy a little bit here, but like yeah, one of means. the, like two, two of the main mentors. So I had a guy named James Roy who uh, was teaching me when I was selling apartment buildings. So I started my career selling apartment buildings. As a realtor, okay. As a realtor. Real estate values and interest rates are changing quickly and huge opportunities are opening up in the marketplace. But to take advantage of those opportunities, you're going to need real estate experts on your team. That's why I've brought my first sponsor on the show, Jacob Campanero with Royal LePage Signature. Jacob is an expert commercial multifamily realtor, and he's also the resident realtor on my new deal analysis show, REI Hot Seat, which is available on YouTube. If you're looking to add a quality piece to your real estate power team, Jacob and his team are there to help. To book a consultation with a member of his team, fill out the form available through the link in the show notes on this episode, and a member of his team will be in touch. Now let's get back to the episode. And one of the things you want me to do is he's like, don't spend basically the first year and was like, don't sell, get into rooms with people and just talk with them. Like kind of like we're chatting. So mm-hmm. I, I went into some of the like rooms of some of the wealthiest owners that own the biggest apartment buildings in Toronto and just chatted with them to figure out like, what's your strategy? Like, what do you do? Like, I'm a young guy. I want to get into investing in this stuff. Um, like, what do you do? And one of the best ones I heard was just buy and never sell. Like if you can buy something mm-hmm. and hold it and never sell it, yeah, that's how you're going to build massive, massive wealth, right? Because on either side of a transaction, you're going to yeah. pay fees and stuff like that. Huge too, fees. Right? Well, the buy and never sell thing, of course, that wisdom works. Yeah. The, the challenge people have is being able to weather that storm. <laughs> yeah. Like, can I see myself at this property for the next five years, 10 yeah. years, 20 years? Yeah, yeah. Or is there something going to come up? Um, if rents go down, you know what I mean? Like a lot yeah. of these guys, like they have enough of a buffer of cash flow, even if their rents go down, even if their values go down, they don't, they don't care. Yeah. So I think a lot of people early on have that struggle of, are they willing to? Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing too, is like, we've been, we've been fortunate enough to like, we, we just grinded so hard to get our down payments. Like we didn't refinance a lot mm-hmm. along the way. So we've kept our, our loan to values low. So we've been able to hold through this. And then in like 2025, 2026, when our fixed rates come back up, we're going to have another buying opportunity because we're going to, we're going to refi mm-hmm. at hopefully what I think is going to happen is I think rates are going to go up. They're going to peak somewhere around like seven, 8%, depending on where we mm-hmm. end up here. And then they're going to start trending back down, yeah. right? Because they're going to have to, because we're going to be in like a massive Oh recession, yeah, massive right? recession. I mean, we were in a recession <laughs> so. with basically zero interest rates. Yeah. Um, we're heading into one. So, uh, you know, 
no question that, that the recession is here. It's will they respond to that. Yeah. But I think one of the bigger problems, and I don't know how many they've bought or what they're selling, like the, the quantitative tightening, like selling off the bonds. So yeah. all the Fed-owned bonds in the states and the government-owned bonds here, where they bought up their own bonds, now they're selling them back into the market, yeah. driving the prices down, which is driving the yield up, yeah. which is why our fixed rates are all high. Because yeah. every banks always look at what's bond yield versus... Uh, mortgage rates and they want to spread. So mm -hmm. if they're going to invest in mortgages, they need to be compensated for the risk over yeah. bond rates. So, well, that was the other interesting yeah. part too. Like when we started seeing that, I knew we were going to be in for some rising interest rates. When yeah. I started seeing the banks have a nice spread, like normally it's like, correct me if I'm wrong, but normally between variable and fixed, it should be like about a 1% like spread generally. Yeah. And it's well, been like two, like it's been creeping up higher and higher. So for some reason, I mean, this is just how they do it. They, those aren't actually directly linked. Yeah. The spread is off the bond rate. So for the for the variable rate, the, the prime rate is, is based on the overnight lending rate yeah. that the Bank of Canada publishes. That's the one they're increasing. Every time you hear that they increased it, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's based on that. The, the fixed rates, they fluctuate all the time. But it seemed like they yeah. were almost encouraging people because it's like when you go to the bank yeah. and you have your options, you can get a one and a half variable or like a yeah. three and a half fixed. Yeah. You're obviously going to be incentivized yeah. to go variable, yeah. which in the long term hurts. Yeah, but in the long term, if you think about it from the bank's yeah. perspective, that actually might have been a really strategic play because everybody's going to yeah. go for the variable. And I'm not saying they did this on purpose, but it's, yeah. it seems, you know. <laughs> so, and I'm, sh I'm sure indirectly those two do influence each other. Yeah. Um, so the, the the bond rate is so market driven, although with the government manipulating it with quantitative easing and yeah. now quantitative tightening when they're when they're selling off all those bonds and driving driving up the yields, um, you know, I, I, one way or another, it has the same impact. Yeah, you know, money got a lot more expensive for people. Yeah, and um, you know, by by doing the tightening, obviously they had the intent of driving up interest rates, just like they do with with lifting the overnight rate. One hundred percent. Well, and it, and it yeah. seemed like in January the writing was on the wall. Like when I was getting those, cause I was getting into stock trading a bit too. Cause it's mm -hmm. like with, when you can't invest in real estate, you got to look for another avenue. Yeah. So I was starting to look at, at different Oh man, avenues, stocks, right? stock investing is scary right now. <laughs> yeah, too. Well, no, exactly. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so I was looking there, but I was mostly just doing research. And one of the things I was looking at mm -hmm. was, was inflation numbers. And then also the other thing I was looking at was like, you know, I, f I just felt like the market was high, especially based on what we paid for our properties. Mm -hmm. And then, three to five years later, what they're going for now. It's like, yeah, hey, this seems like, yeah, we're, I mean, you know, we timed it pretty good, but at the same time, it's like these, this isn't sustainable. Like it doesn't make yeah. sense for a property to go up a hundred grand a year in a, in a market mm -hmm. where people don't barely make a hundred grand a year. No, like, no, that, that, that never made, right? yeah, so, that never made any sense. So then, uh, yeah. so when we started seeing inflation numbers yeah. as high as they were, I was like, well, the government has to raise interest rates. And then they came out, I think the first couple of weeks and they're like, oh, we're not going to raise interest rates. Like, yeah, they said not until 2023. <laughs> it's like, I don't think yeah. you know what's because I don't. And yeah. the other thing, too, is people, I don't think people understand uh, how how much worse almost inflation is than high interest rates. Right. Because people are people are thinking personally from themselves like, oh, yeah, high interest rates would hurt me. Mm -hmm. This sucks. But if you think about somebody like a fixed income, somebody on like a retiree on a fixed income salary, inflation is way worse than interest mm -hmm. rates. Right. I think they're both horrendous. Well, they're bad both, for yeah, they're both that great. Uh, but <laughs> I, I find it so humorous and in, in a sad way. Um, you know, back when the lockdown started, you know, oh, here's your CERB, and, you know, yeah. here's your here's your credit, and we're going to shut down you businesses, but we're going to give you a line of credit that you can use low interest rate um, to basically and, just go into debt. Yeah, you can go into a bunch of debt, <laughs> and um, you know, we care so much about all you. We just want to make sure you're taken care of too. Like now, <laughs> they couldn't care less. Like, yeah, oh yeah. no, surprise, inflation. Yeah, that we huge. gave you is due. And by the way. <laughs> 
way, eight percent, fellas. <laughs> yeah, no, ex- exactly right. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just uh, absurd, all of it. But uh, you know what? Like, I, I have this conversation, and we'll have this this fairly often. Is in the ultimately, it's got to be like, what do we do about all that? Like, how do we adjust our strategy knowing that it's you know you're trying to predict the unpredictable mm-hmm. i mean in a way you can predict that they'll do something crazy because that yeah. that much has been consistent uh something that's illogical like i was just saying on the last podcast back on i think it was episode 63 i ran through this whole scenario like april 2020 yeah uh, i'm like these lockdowns don't make sense here's yeah. why yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and ran through all the all the, the possibilities and my point with all that is if i if I could come to that conclusion, how is it that all these high-paid, you know, economists and people employed by our government couldn't? Well, I think there's like a lot of fear too, right? Like yeah. Everybody was everybody was fearful and bureaucracy too, and that 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 yeah. it messes up your mind, right? Like yeah, when true. You, like I remember, like the first the first week or whatever, we were like sanitizing our apples with like yeah, lights. Yeah, I think and then we wiped boxes down <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> and that, then, that and didn't then, last and long. And then, yeah. yeah, and then and then later you're like, why did we? Well, do that? Why was I doing that? Yeah, right, yeah. but it's. It's easy to say that once you get more information, sure, too, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that's tough, right? So. Yeah, no, it is. It is uh, for sure. So, um, for you, what are you looking at when you look at this this market? Well, first mm-hmm. off, before we even go into there, like, what's your portfolio yeah. look like right now, high level? So yeah, I mean, we have a mixture of duplexes and triplexes. We don't have anything crazy. We have five properties right now. We had six. We sold mm-hmm. one in March um, because. I remember like my wife and I were in Florida and we were looking like I was sitting off like on the bed looking at the sales and we're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to sell one of these because if, yeah, the if we can get this price, this that's doesn't so make any perfect. Sense, right? That was like, like the, the absolute top of the market. Yeah. And like we, right before the first interest rate hike or at the first hike? Uh, right after. Yeah. Like literally the like I listed a client's place first because mm-hmm. I want and I didn't want my property to compete with my client's place. Yeah. So I sold their place, went down to Florida, came back mm-hmm. and listed it like the day I got back. And uh I mean, I th- still think we did we did fine. Like com- yeah. we bought it for two hundred five, and yeah. we sold it for six fifteen. That's great. Commissions in because like the didn't, that and it didn't renovate it. Didn't have to renovate it. We renovated it. So, <laughs> well, we renovated when we bought it, and yeah. by renovate I mean like we put in vinyl floors. Okay, yeah, and like and did a few other little like touch ups yeah. and paints. So like that, I was going to so. make that point because I think the pricing yeah. was similar in London because I used to buy all the inventory that I would turn into really nice student rentals for around mm-hmm. two hundred grand. You know, it'd be like two ten, two hundred five whatever those were good pricing 220 i'm like no that's too much <laughs> yeah right you're so cheap, so cheap like i was so cheap back in the day too right compared to now it's like i should have bought everything back yeah then. oh man right. well the hindsight's <laughs> like 2020 for sure yeah um so yeah i, I and you know i was i was put off once we got into the high 200s and then i'm like okay no i'm gonna hang out for a while until these numbers make sense i'm like yeah. i don't want to go into half a million dollars of debt on on something you know that that seems like a lot of exposure yeah so i really took a chill for a while and didn't really uh make too hard of an effort to add more properties yeah. and um i wonder you know is that where we need to head back because it didn't really not until like 2017 did things really start taking off from there yeah like london was like consistent didn't really go up in value at all yeah. from when i started investing in 2011 to 2016 2017 there yeah. was basically no no obvious appreciation at all very similar market to yeah. st Catharines. like what yeah. i did i had an investor uh, in 2015 come to me and they wanted to uh, mm-hmm. invest with like the group i was working with and uh and they got me to look my, my boss at the time got me to look basically all the way around the golden horseshoe and find the market that i thought was ready to explode the most and the reason i like st Catharines or london similar story is that it had um two percent a year appreciation if that so yeah. i was like well these are 
this is super sustainable yeah and it gives us a long runway i was right. I, I tell people several like a lot of times i'm like the worst thing that happened is like oh well your net worth went up this is great aren't you happy that things appreciate it's like no because my whole strategy was the cash right. flow in my and i could i wish i'm like could i have bought a, i wish i had a bought yeah, like, yeah. i could have bought 10 more but it's like yeah <laughs> so mine went was up the too same. fast right it's mine like, was the same like i i really uh I really didn't like the the fast appreciation. It made things no. too hard to predict and and it's unsustainable. I yeah. looked at it, I'm like, things can't go up at even 5% consistently. And it brought too many yeah. people in. Like what it did was yeah. it's like, if you just got a boring investment, people don't really care about it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like- You, you know, made it I, exciting. Yeah, I made it exciting. Cause <laughs> it's like, oh, I can, make, you know, I can make $100,000 in one year. It's like, well, yeah, but if you time it incorrectly, you could, you could you not could make lose that. lose so all that, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean- it, it's one big game at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to hurt a lot of people what's what's happening. But at the end of the day, it's a game. And and even those people who skin their knee and this hurts them, yeah. you can pick yourself back up and, oh, and, and start over again. Yeah. Start over if you need to or just adjust and re-aim and yeah. re-strategize and keep going. The way I tell people yeah. to like, like the way I like to look at uh, real estate investing like risk, like the board game. Have you ever played the board game risk? I have like yeah. once or twice. So It's so not way, familiar. But the way I like explain to people like over leveraging is in you can look like you're winning in the game of risk yeah. and have all these properties but you only got one guy in each property yeah and i'm hanging out in australia and i've like fortified up here and i got like yeah. 30 guys in one property yeah and then the next turn when you when you only have one guy yeah then i can take over just wipe it all out five yeah and then i and then i and then you just regroup and you take over again yeah. so i think that's how like that's how that's kind of pictures of, like gives a good illustration of what my real estate strategy is like mm -hmm. is i like to expand and then contract a little bit, make sure we're good, make sure we have a lot like enough cash to weather yeah. something like this and then expand again. Right. Yeah. Because everything works in trends. And when we were on like a 10 year tear yeah. and everybody's saying, well, real estate never goes down. Well, it's, like that, it's like right? the longest bull market in, in Canadian real estate market, I think. In, in both real estate and yeah. in the stock market. Yeah. Like it was crazy. So we were due for something. I mean, we did have the correction in in 2020. Well, no, oh, sorry. The yeah. stock market so those correction are... in 2020. Okay. Then, yeah. 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 And then in 17, we had the real estate one. So I guess yeah. you can't say it was that, that long of a bull market, but that was such a short-lived It correction. was a blip. And it, it was, was a blip. And it was totally yeah. correlated to the rules and regulations. It, yeah, it was exactly. The rule. The the stress test came in and then we're right back up. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's the difference between yeah. now and then, right? It's like, I think a lot of people, especially um, people in like the sales industry have been saying is like, oh, this is 2017. By the time we had to fall, we'll be back into a bull market. And it's like, no, <laughs> it's not <laughs> we the same. Well, because we didn't see the interest rate increases like we did, yeah. right? Like I think we went from, like you know, I, I speak in fixed terms because that's just what I was looking at. But like we went from two and a half percent interest to like three and a half percent interest because I mortgage that was at three and a half or three and a quarter, and that seemed like high interest for people at then, right? So tell me about the uh, the hedging or kind of the as you said, kind of contracting a little bit and, and repositioning yourself. Yeah. Like, what's that strategy look like for you? Are do you, are you targeting a loan to value? Um, what is it? Well, I had a guy, so we built a small fund. And when I say we built, it was a, another guy, my, another mentor I had was Brad Lonsbury and I learned a lot from him. So he put me on, I'm going to tell you a long story here. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> like he, um, he put me on the construction site and helped me like made, like basically I helped everybody build the house. I was a little general kind of labor around and basically yeah. what he wanted me to do is like, just watch what every trade does and kind of learn. And what so year was this? This was in 20... 20, or so it was like when I was 23, so it was like 2013, 2014, something like that. Okay. And just like watched the whole flip process, watched what they yeah. were doing. That's so, that, so valuable. Oh, it's so valuable because yeah. then 
then it's like I know how to speak the language of an electrician oh, or yeah. a plumber and stuff like that. And all these guys are happy. Yeah. To, they're kind of happy to, to talk about their yeah. craft, right? Especially when they're proud of it. So yeah. I learned a lot from that. And then through that, then got, I was like, we went onto the real estate side. And then that's when I picked the market of St. Catharines to look at. And then we went down and started, like I started buying some personal stuff for my, my wife and, and myself. And then he built a, a fund of like 20 million properties, which I helped him kind of source and find. How did you um, get connected with these guys as mentors? Like, where did that start from? So, yeah. So, um, James, I was about to, I was actually about to get out of real estate because I was like six months in, I hadn't made any sales and I was like, cause as I wasn't agent, a salesy okay. guy. Like I just, yeah. you know what I mean? As you can tell, I'm like not really salesy. And, uh, he, he, they, somebody introduced me to him and said, you guys got to sit down with him. I chatted with him, him and I like hit it off right away and then worked mm-hmm. with him. And then, um, and then I wanted to get more into the construction side and learn that kind of route. So then uh, left him and the guy, another guy I was working with knew Brad from like a, maybe like a past life or whatever. And then he introduced me. And then um, I just, when, when somebody gives me an opportunity, I just go all in. Right. So, nice. well, that's the way you got to do it. Yeah. What so, year did you get married in? Uh, last year. Last year. Okay. Yeah. We were supposed to get married in 2020, April 14th, 2020. Oh yeah. Got back from my bachelor party and then locked out. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. We were, my wife and I were picking between 19 and 20 yeah. and we just said, okay, well we got engaged in 18. So yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do this for two years. I yeah. don't, I don't want to do all the planning and everything. Yeah, we're going to yeah, do yeah. it as soon as possible. We slow played it too. <laughs> so I should have, I should have gone faster. Yeah. <laughs> and man, we look back, we're like, holy crap, what a great decision we made. Oh yeah. No, it was crazy. Yeah. Cause like, like two weeks before our wedding was like, can you have, how many people you can have? It's like, you can have 10. It's like, that's my mom and my dad and us and like yeah. my sisters. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like it made no work. sense, right? Yeah. So yeah. how long have you been with your wife? 13 years. Okay. So since yeah, way back since then. Basically yeah. since we were like. You guys were investing back then as well together? Well, we were in, we met in university. So we met okay. first year university yeah. together for, yeah. And then got through that. And then she knew I wanted to get into, into real estate. So in my last year of university, I got into real estate. Yeah. And then uh, she's just been super supportive. You know what I mean? So. Okay. What's she do? Uh, she's an actress. Actress? So, okay. Yeah. Like, so we built this on like a very like grassroots budget. Like, we, like we, none of us had corporate jobs. Like I, I had a sales job, but an inconsistent income. She's in acting. And well, like, what sales know, were you in? Well, before? no, I was oh, like, just, just, just as a real estate. estate okay. Like that, but in, in real estate. So sales, you were straight out of university into, into real, realtor. Yeah. Uh, what'd you study in university? Uh, theater production and set design and management. Oh, so, 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 that's where you met. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's where we met. And, uh, yeah. like what I, it's a lot of what I didn't realize at the time was I was like, oh, I should have taken business or whatever. Like, you know, when I first got out, but then what I realized now is that like a lot of the things I learned in, in theater production and, and management. So like that oh, yeah. was it's how to manage people. It's transferable. Yeah. And then how to keep a budget, but not only keep a budget, like in theater, you, you have to build sets with like nothing, like no budget. Yeah. So it was like when we first did our first flip, it's like, how can I do this quality, but on yeah. a, on a know, budget, yeah. on an Ikea budget, but like make it look like it's great. Yeah. Now. <laughs> right. So, and doing a lot of the work yourself. Is and probably, doing, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where that comes in. So. Yeah. And that's where, that's the biggest thing I'd say right now that I'm looking to, to change and, mm-hmm. and I'm doing it on this project I'm working on right now yeah. is that we're subbing out a lot of the work okay. because, um, you got to kind of realize at a certain point, like you're, you're worth, um, like, like it doesn't make sense for me time? to do like a $20 yeah. an hour task no. versus, you know what I mean? Like if, if tiling yeah. is going to save me like a thousand dollars for the bathroom, okay, I can do the tiling. Cause I enjoy yeah. the tiling. 
Um, yeah. I enjoy laying the floor. Yeah, if you I don't like enjoy doing, doing drywall. If you I, like doing something, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think it's what it comes down to. I mean, I will um, gently shame people who do jobs they don't like that are low paid jobs because yeah. I mean, there's just no point. Like, but if it's peace to you, like some people love cutting the grass because yeah. it's like you just get the zen out. Like, there's have you met my neighbor? Yeah. <laughs> he cuts it twice a week. It's like, Probably just it's like peaceful yeah. time to him, right? So uh, I yeah. think that 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 makes sense. But if you don't like it find a way to delegate it for me like mm -hmm. hardest lesson like i have to learn it like I, I do it in my my daily life and i'm getting better at that out of necessity i had to but it's amazing how much better i feel when i just delegate the stuff that i don't like doing 100 i just feel so much better on it daily <laughs> well yeah and then you can get it's yeah. you're not stressed because you're running to three other things at yeah. the same time right? if you don't like doing something you're gonna do it bad like yeah. you're just you're gonna rush through it try and get it off or you're gonna procrastinate none of those scenarios are good so uh do the things you like doing. Don't do the things you don't like doing. Find a way to delegate. Yeah. Biggest thing I think I've ever learned. Well, and you can cost yourself yeah. more money too, right? Sure. Because if you make the mistake, then you got to take it yeah. apart. It's like time and all this effort, right? So I do just miss like working with my hands and like building stuff. Like I like, you know, framing up a wall or whatever and yeah. feel like I never get to do it. Yeah. I'm like, in what financial scenario would, I, would that ever make sense? For yeah, me yeah, to take yeah. time away from everything I got going on. Yeah, 100%. But uh, with the new house, like, just get to build some shelves and stuff. I'm like, oh, that, that's kind of like what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a feeling of satisfaction, right? Because you're like, I did that. I built that. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's why I love tiling because it comes out with like beautiful lines and stuff like that. You oh, know, yeah. Like, you get to say, you get to be proud of what you did. And I always yeah. had that with any property I finished, even if I didn't do the work. I'm like, you know what? The vision was here. I, I, I made it all happen. So yeah. Um, so what's this uh, this current one you're working on? Maybe we can run through some numbers. Yeah. So the current one we're working on, um, like what is it? Where is it? It's a it was a single family home in in downtown St. Catharines. We bought yeah. in the end of 2019, going into 2020. Okay. We closed March 2020, right before okay everything started. We were we actually didn't rent it for like two months because I was like, oh, we're gonna get shit rents and we're gonna have yeah like oh okay it's because we thought you know with the pandemic and stuff like that we're like nobody's gonna want to rent and like it was weird and all that stuff so then we ended up renting it out in may full well knowing we're just renting it to a person while we apply for permits and all this stuff right so because the basement needed to get fully redone the whole plan yeah. was from the beginning was we're going to underpin the basement and you're going to duplex it we're going to duplex it put mm -hmm. an auxiliary unit um so that's what we're midway through now so you are duplexing so, it now yeah okay so. um What'd you buy it for? I got it for three hundred five. So those prices didn't exist even in uh, like twenty twenty one. Like you would have that even same in twenty twenty. Like we got a steal, right? Like yeah, yeah. This is why I tell people like I'm like keep looking for properties right now. Yeah. Um, because you might find the right yeah. deal at the right time. Right. Well, especially now you can you could probably find something because you're gonna find a seller who needs to sell. Yeah. Yeah. So what what are you gonna spend on construction on that one? Uh, somewhere in the realm of like 200 to 250. That's not on an actor's budget. Or not anymore. No, budget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've graduated a bit to a bigger yeah. budget and stuff like that. Okay. So you're like 550 in. Yeah. What's the value of that when you're done? Uh, it's always hard. I, I like to, for my, my own sake, I like to like undervalue everything. Yeah. Well, especially so, with things coming down. Yeah. So I'd say like in six months, 600,000 to 650 yeah. somewhere in the realm there but this isn't a flip right like this is a well no it's a burr right are you are you going to refi or no no nope. no no we're going to refi and we have a mortgage until 2025 so the 250 that you put in 
was that money that you had pulled out of another property? Yeah, so this is why we sold the one in March. So this is what I'm talking about, like two steps forward, one step back. like in the Yeah, just so you're not yourself. leveraging too much. Yeah, yeah, so what we did was that with that is we took the 400 grand we got, right? We paid off, um, we put 100 grand for taxes. Yeah. And then we paid off um, a loan we had from my parents for another deal we did. And then, uh, and then we put the rest aside for the budget. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so this one let's just say hypothetically you think yeah 600 is the value at the end i just want to get an idea like what your cap rate is and we'll run through some expenses Mm -hmm. okay so what do you think first off what's your rent going to be on that place when it's done rent's going to be 2200 upstairs minimum Mm -hmm. and uh 1400 downstairs that low i think we could get more but again i run say 1400 i run i run run the numbers low yeah and then that's uh, super low okay yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like we would probably get realistically we would probably get like 16 yeah but um okay well we can we can play with that but i, I yeah, get yeah. i get like wanting to make it work and yeah you know not wanting to get it you know latched onto something that's not going to happen well and this is the thing too right like yeah. because we do when we do a conservative every extra dollar we get is like huge bonus Great. everything's cash flow on top of that right so perfect yeah, yeah. so tax wise what are you going to pay do you think after they reassess your taxes um probably like 3500 that's it yeah, I don't think too, too much. So yeah. after three years, City of London sent me a special uh, special tax bill for the last three years, $1,800 a year. I They want me to pay all by the end of the year. They sent really? me the notices in like September. That's yeah, crazy. before the end of the year, pay us $8,000 in back taxes for the last three years. Brutal. Uh, you guys are really cool. Oh, and you had already sold the properties too. No, I still had it. Oh, you still, okay. oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought they were coming back to you after the fact. No, like, that's, that's not how that works. Man, the, uh, <laughs> the, the new owner really wouldn't like that. <laughs> right? Yeah, like imagine. Oh, yeah, man. That actually happened on one of the properties I saw. It got reassessed after I'd sold it because I still they still accidentally sent me the, the bill. I just paid it. I'm like, I don't want them getting that. <laughs> I don't want them getting that bill. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so insurance, what do you think you'll uh, you'll pay on that? Probably a little bit of a premium because we did have an insurance claim right before the reno, which was like not intentional. Just like... You think it'd be the, like a 2500 a year or something? Yeah, probably about 2500 Yeah. Okay. And maintenance-wise, what do you typically budget? Uh, maintenance, I normally budget like two to three thousand generally on average okay. um in this case for this property like because everything's literally new like we're doing we took the boiler system out we're putting a new hvac ac system in new electric one home. for the whole building though one for the whole building just for the just for the hvac mm-hmm. proving to be a bit of a pain in the ass but yeah there's no room to put the other like i didn't want to you didn't have it yeah, yeah. you can put it in an attic but yeah that's yeah i didn't i didn't want yeah. to sacrifice the space um so yeah so we so we're putting fire dampeners and fire like um fireproof see all that right? stuff just sounds like something i don't want to do yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah though i've never actually done an up down duplex uh conversion i mean that'd be a cool experiment i just i for me i never really fell in love with the numbers for the the work that goes into it yeah but uh not that they aren't great i just i mean i actually kind of would love that experience just to kind of go through all the headaches well and that's part yeah. of it too right like the whole part of this is like while we're like while we're in this age group like right now it's like this is where i can make the mistakes and take the time to like really learn these things and then that way i can like i've been testing out different things right i was telling mm-hmm. you I, we're airbnb or being our basement uh unit of our, of yeah. our personal house 
because it's like I want to have all these experiences and this way you I can learn help my clients so much. better and you learn a lot Man, more. And you learn so much by just doing this stuff. Yeah. Like the uh you know, just moving forward on things like the campground, we didn't know how good or bad it would turn out. Like we had yeah. some good vibes about it, but we just we did it because yeah. we're like, well, it can't sit around forever. got to do stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. Didn't love the market. Didn't like the way things were going crazy, but I thought that was a good value compared to a lot of things on the market. And, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, same thing with Florida. There's not, not that these things don't ever make me nervous, but, you know, sometimes you got to move forward too, but do it with a common sense approach that you exactly. can make sense of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's, let's keep going on this before we move on. Are you going to pass the utilities back onto the tenants there? Uh, hydro, Yes. Gas, no, because we're going to do... Gas, one, no, because it's central. So but again, right, because we're putting in high efficiency stuff, I'm just going to charge higher rents. So we're, we're like, realistically, we're probably going to push those rents I mentioned to you, like two or three hundred dollars yeah. more and see what we can get. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're going to push the, like, give them, pass on the hydro to them. Okay. Um, but water, again, water didn't so, really make sense for me to... Do you think, like, probably, you're probably going to end up being at about, like, what, 250 a month on average for the year between water and gas? Yeah, yeah somewhere in there yeah yeah okay so that's like three grand a year for for those two and yeah. then electric the tenants pay okay and oops not one three grand and man um management we self-manage for self -manage. The most part, yeah. yeah so i just put in one percent when people self-manage just covers yeah. like whatever software you might use or whatever you might need um okay so landscaping tenants are doing that lands yeah we're, we're gonna everything? make everything like we're the the backyard's pretty landscape free so it's yeah. got a couple raised beds for like gardens and flowers like that everything else is in um, snow removal the tenants uh, will do remo yeah exactly tenants will do yeah. is that i mean i have my tenants do it but yeah. i've i've heard people say that you're not supposed to do that have the tenants do it I mean, I think, and most people do it. Most landlords, I think, and this the is the thing too, right? Like, if it's yeah. a really bad day, like if it's like thirty centimeters of snow, yeah, I'll go. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll call somebody up and get them to do it for them, mm -hmm. right? But if it's just like a dust thing, like two oh, inches, yeah. it's like I'm out there shoveling my driveway. Why? And I think most people are okay with it. What I've found is that like the more rent you pay or the higher end the place, the more people expect that to be covered. Yeah, right? which is fine if you're charging a premium, mm -hmm. then. Uh, then it makes sense, right? But most, like yeah. all my other triplexes, uh, like I have a triplex and I have a duplex in in Chippewa, and the tenants are totally fine to do it. Where's Chippewa? Uh, Chippewa is just outside of Niagara Falls. Oh, okay. it's like Marine Land, and then you keep driving yeah. past Marine Land, and then you're in Chippewa. This like little, cool. this little like kind of beach village that's got like on Niagara Park, like on the Niagara River. River, yeah. And then it's got the um, I forget which river comes up at like I think it's the Welland River. Um, comes into the mm. into the city it's actually really nice yeah you know what i love that area down there it was yeah. like it's like a little hidden gem it's quiet i really like that drive between niagara falls and uh, niagara on the lake love yeah. love going along the river there oh yeah it's really cool Okay, so I usually throw on a five hundred dollar miscellaneous. We'll throw zero for landscaping. You're obviously doing this on a, a real, a real budget. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> your your mortgage is what? How much? How much is your mortgage right now for it? Yeah, uh, like thirteen hundred dollars, thirteen fifty. No, but the principal amount. Oh, uh, two ninety. Two ninety. Yeah, we got a. That was the other thing too. Like speak. Like we got really creative with the financing, right? So like some of these places we we yeah. moved we we moved into. Yeah, so you got you got some good bank lending. I mean, yeah. uh, basically, no matter how you look at this, so if you're a 1300 mortgage, your cash flow or your operating income on a monthly before mortgage, let's just see what that is. 
divided by 12, you're 2,500 a month before your mortgage. Yeah. So if your mortgage is only 1,300, you got 1,300 in cash. Yeah. That's good. That's nice. Are all your properties like sort of in that ballpark? Yeah, like that. We're that's what we're trying to get them to. So like, mm -hmm. um, the triplex is about a thousand. Uh, the duplex mm -hmm. we just bought, um, we paid a little bit more for that because it's got a side yard. Mm -hmm. So that like the house is situated right here, yeah. and we have another thirty-five feet on the other side of it. So the goal long term is wait until um, density increases in Chippewa. Because they're doing big development. Yeah. So and then you'll the density is going to increase and then go, hey, yeah. you did it over there. Give me the severance for this. Mm -hmm. And then what we're going to do is we're going to put a triplex on or whatever. Yeah. Whatever you can get done. Duplex or triplex. Have you done some of that development type stuff so far? I guess I have, you, you. No, I'm not. So. You have sort of apprenticed under uh, under yeah, some good yeah. mentors, though. Yeah. Exactly. And we have contacts now that like we're reaching out to and to learn it. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you won't, you won't be able to do that for 10 years. It's like, I don't care. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> the in duplex it. pays for everything. Yeah, and then in ten years, when I get the chance, then I'll then I'll sever it. When nice. the you know when the um, and I, I love that long term strategy. And I, I guess yeah. these these places work really well for families. You don't like I mean this yeah. is probably the most rentable product you can get, right? Like it's a yeah. very affordable price point. Yeah, like that's where I want to be with my portfolio. I want to own stuff that's like a very affordable point price point, but I'm the best in that category. Exactly. Like my stuff's nice. Yeah, when other people are renting real crap to that, that well, demographic, like, we do. Yeah, we do the same like for everything. So we have. We try to go two bedroom minimum, unless the basement apartment is a one bedroom, but it's going to be top of the line one bedroom. Mm -hmm. um, the appliances are going to be stainless steel. Like stuff's going to look nice, um, but we're going to and that, and that's again like right? we're happy to charge it slightly under market rate for the for a better tenant mm -hmm. because I've learned like at the beginning I was like oh I just want to get the highest rent it doesn't matter and mm -hmm. now it's like owning them especially managing them myself it's like I don't want a tenant that's going to be a pain if no. they think they're getting a bit of a deal from me they're going to do things like they're going to shovel the driveway they're going to cut the grass it's like that because yeah they feel like we're in a like you know we have each other's backs a bit right and a good relationship yeah and i think that that's why it's so important to just treat your tenants really well like yeah yeah it is hard when you go after the absolute most dollars because yeah. then you tend to get people who are stretching themselves and then they create problems for you. Well, this is the same thing though. I'd say, I'd say in the last two years, like, a lot of the people that were investing had to go for the top dollar. Had to. Because their numbers were break even. Yeah. Well, people were forcing it. Right. And, and I get it. It's FOMO. Like nobody wants to just sit on the sidelines. Like you want to be doing stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, so many people, and this is not a new thing, force the numbers to work. Yeah. That's a normal thing that so many people do. Shouldn't be normal, but it Wish is. Wishful thinking yeah. is like one of the worst things you can do for yourself, right? Well, like, and justifying, oh, like fun. rationalizing why it's okay to yeah, not yeah, take yeah. cash flow. Well, as long as we break even, yeah, you break even now, but what if interest rates go up? Like no one was really talking about that. Like uh, that yeah. was not really a conversation yeah. for the longest time. I always said, I want to have a good buffer. I never yeah. said it was specifically for that. Yeah. But, you know, we we're just all so used to the the 2 3% interest rates. You know, and I think it caught people and like this was, this is the market that you go, like, how did people lose? Or like, mm. how do you lose your house? It's like, this is how you lose your house. Right? Like yeah. over leverage yourself. Like the other thing that was like scary is I was reading yeah. um, an article and this guy's like, yeah, like I refinanced my house and I bought a 16 unit building. And then I, or no, I bought a 16 unit building. Yeah. And then I brought friends and family then to buy a 16 unit building. And then I brought four pre-constructions. And mm. it's like, well, the thing that people don't understand with pre-construction condos is like if you bought them and they're closing in 2022, 2023, or 2024. Now you got to qualify for the mortgage then. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Because they won't the values, qualify. They won't qualify you and lock in your rate three years early, two years early. And when yeah. do they do the appraisal? 
they do the appraisal when it's right coming. before you close. Yeah. Not right. not today. Yeah. So you're not getting a mortgage on this house. Like if you paid eight hundred thousand and they yeah. go, Oh, we're valuing it at seven hundred thousand, it's like <laughs> sorry, yeah. dude. Like <laughs> that's scary stuff, man. Yeah. What is your plan then? Like, how are you going to scale from here? Do you have an immediate plan to scale or are you just kind of status quo? Like, what's the thought? No. So, I mean, we've we've mainly been doing long-term rentals. Mm-hmm. And then, so the reason we did our, like, renovating my basement and turning that into an Airbnb. That's where you live. Wasn't by mistake. And that's in St. Catharines. Yeah. And that's in St. Catharines. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that one real quick. Yeah. 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 So, so speaking of like... Um, doing like providing luxury on a on a smaller scale or cheaper scale it's looking at everything on airbnb and things are like five hundred dollars a night a thousand dollars a night yeah right ours is a two-bedroom with a kitchenette um breakfast provided and um fully renovated and we charge two to 250 a night so it allows people to have a cheap stay yeah but that's not crappy by any but you can still lease this on airbnb you just have to provide breakfast exactly so we still provide breakfast because so yeah. ours is technically a bnb right yeah so you're allowed this is a bylaw yeah, workaround. yeah exactly so it's allowed yeah. because we have lots of parking and everything like that yeah and um i mean so i like to test everything on a small scale first mm-hmm. so what we're finding is like okay this is really profitable for us we're able to pay basically our mortgage every month with the money that's made from the bnb so and I try to live for free with everything, right? Like we never made a lot of money and like, like we made some decent years, like decent money and stuff like that. But it's like, it's always been, how can we get our time back Mm -hmm. and how can we replace every single thing that I like that we want in our financing, financial life, um, with an asset. Right. So, um, so that's why we did the Airbnb in the basement one. And then two, we did it because we wanted to see and do kind of like a case study, Mm -hmm. how do Airbnbs work? How profitable are they? How much of a pain in the butt is it to get the um, the licensing for the area, right? Like, so we, we were chatting about this earlier. It's like, mm-hmm. how how are people doing arbitrage on 30 properties in a market like St. Catharines where you can only get licensing for your permanent residence? Are you know. doing it under the table? And that's the thing know. too. But that's have the, things changed? Like how recently did those laws change? Well, those laws just, just changed pretty much this yeah. year, like maybe three or four months ago. But here's the thing that like you have to also look at your business models. Like as, at you have to one look at look at the interest. So interest rates, right? Is my cost of money going to go up? Are my cost of expenses going to go up? Am I going to get? Is this property that I'm in? Is this strategy going to get regulated out? Yeah, right. Well, because that's something <laughs> people need to think about. Like a lot of people went all in on this Airbnb arbitrage thing, or uh, on just Airbnb in general, and that was their plan A. When you know, if you if you're planning to play by the legalities, yeah. then they could just shut you down. Like they have the power to just shut you down. Yeah. One well, and what I've kind of learned, and as I like, I, we used to rent out stuff, and it's like, oh, it's fine, like, it doesn't it doesn't need to be legal or whatever. Yeah, you know, because the numbers work, and it's it's you know, how what are the chances yeah. somebody's going to look into it? And then I started hearing stories of like you know, basement apartments that weren't legally done getting shut down mm-hmm. because the tenant because there's a spot with the tenant depends the tenant on the city and stuff like that. Depends right? on the municipality. Like yeah. if they did that in Hamilton, it's like like half their rental inventory is illegal. No, no, exactly, yeah. exactly, right. But it's just you. For me, it's I'll try basically not to do those things oh, no, I because agree. I don't I want agree. to get caught. It's not so much about not getting caught. It's just if you do, like, what do you have invested into that? Like, I would never base my financial decision on needing something illegal to work. That, and that's exactly Yeah, right? if it's yeah. there, it's like, hey, that's bonus cash flow from that extra bedroom. That's not legal. Yeah. But I'm not going to make that my basis for a decision when it's not 
it's not for sure going to last. Yeah. So, yeah. so what we're going to be looking at now is, you know, we might be, we're going to start looking at Airbnbs. We're going to really research the market to make sure that they're friendly to Airbnbs. And then also when we run our numbers, mm-hmm. does it work as an Airbnb and does it work as a long-term rental? This is where the U.S. is like for Airbnb. I've heard it like from so many people. It's like, it's way easier. The municipalities yeah. are much less likely to come down on them yeah for now i mean anything could change but a lot a, a lot yeah. of the rules it depends on the state though right mm-hmm. like it's that's the other thing true too. so that's what we're starting to look at we're also starting to look in the states because the deals seem a bit better down there um and the for, other, like airbnb or for regular no, just just in general any specific states you're looking at um new york state from the perspective of it being close right yeah that's it's just great across yeah. the border we're gonna look there perfect um and then um arizona arkansas and stuff like that if we're thinking like yeah. further away uh, just because the rules are are pretty attractive down there. Have, did you uh, check out the Andre Mikovacek episode on my podcast? No, not yet. He's in New York State. Oh, no, no, I did. No, sorry, I did. Because I actually called him. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying his name right. Sorry if I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he's listening, which he's probably not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we're yeah. being honest. Andre's like, he does a lot of this stuff in across borders. And he was buying like six plexes and eight plexes and stuff like that. He did like a 30 unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in... Uh, trying to think of the name of the town it's escaping me but he was very random about picking it i it was just like through a dart you know saw a couple of good deals okay here yeah. we're going here and the, yeah. the numbers will work well and uh yeah new york state is actually um it, it, i think a lot of people think new york city but that's an entirely different animal yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah new york state new york city function quite differently yeah. not that i know that much about it it's just like you know from the stories i hear yeah, yeah. well and for us we're being very thoughtful about where we pick next because mm-hmm. when we pick it we're going to go deep, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like if we pick this city, yeah, you're gonna, we're going to buy like time. five or six places there right. because I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to have one place here, one place there. No, place no. There. It just becomes a management. Which nightmare. is what I did with, like, with Cape Coral. Like I, yeah. I went and bought 10 lots. Like I yeah, wasn't, yeah, yeah. I wasn't messing around. Like I wanted, I wanted to get moving. Yeah. Um, now looking at the cash flow, I'll probably sell a couple of those lots off just because money's so expensive. I'd rather just sit and you know, yeah. sit on more money and borrow less yeah. in the meantime. Well, yeah. and that's what I've been telling people yeah. too. Really. It's like, what's your strategy right now? It's like literally doing everything we can to stack cash. Yeah. <laughs> like just stacking just, cash right now is make... a great idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's not like the market's collapsed. Like for me, like this is an advice, but like, yeah. to me, like I think that that's, that's we got room exactly to go. what I want to do. We got, we got room. It's, we <laughs> and got there time. will be more opportunities yeah. too, right? There will like, be more opportunities. That's what I'm thinking. Like, it's yeah. a declining market. For who knows for how long? Like, look at Japan. It's been a declining market for forever. Like, yeah. and, like since 85. Yeah. Um, and don't quote me on that. I haven't looked at the chart lately, but it's been declining a long time. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you think about markets like that, it, it, this could do that. Like, no one knows for sure. Yeah. It, we're in stagflation, right? Like, mm-hmm. we have, you know... Our economy's shrinking and our, our dollars inflating, and that's not a good place to be. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing too is like, I never have seen so many people look so rich on in twenty twenty one. Like everybody had money. Everybody everyone was like, genius. everybody was showing off. Like, yeah, yeah, I made this return or this return. And it's like, okay, but how many people of those held? Because the thing is too, right? Like a lot of people were talking about returns they had that were still sitting in their trading account. Yeah, that they lost too, right? So like a lot of people, yeah. I think, had this false sense of security where it's like. Everything was hot. Everything was yeah. It's, up. it's a lot more quiet on the trading. And twenty twenty two now, it's like yeah. a lot of those those gurus and stuff like that that were like, "This is how we make all this money." It's like, yeah, you don't where'd you disappear to? Don't hear it as much. Yeah, <laughs> what happened? Right. So it's too bad. It really is. Like what's happening in the stock market? What's happening here? I just it's just so unnecessary and so government caused. It just yeah. it's frustrating. I feel bad for for everyone it's affecting. Well, I'd say part of it, part yeah. of it's definitely government caused, and part of it 
is greed cause. Like it's 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 human sure. emotion, right? Like a lot yeah. of people, I think, to me, like you know that that guy I was telling you about that, that bought the four and like this and like you know even bought the six unit, sixteen unit, and the four pre construction. It's like why why are you in such a rush to retire? Like I've chatted with a couple of people, mm. like I want to be retired by forty. It's like well, you're starting at thirty six. Mm. How does that how does that make sense? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I want to retire at like 40, 45. Um, we started at 22. Yeah. Right? Like, you got to like, real estate's a, it, real estate's a, like a, should be like a boring, slow asset. And that's why not many yeah. people liked it at the beginning. And then all of a sudden. It got exciting. It got yeah. exciting because the it numbers were crazy, yeah. right? It's so, true, man. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. Yeah. I think, I think that that way too many people got, got into the sexiness of it because every, yeah. everybody was looking like a, like a genius. And let me tell you, like doing some renos when you're like neck deep and you go, Oh, this isn't as sexy as I, <laughs> you really got to love it. Like that's the thing oh, that got yeah, me through a yeah. lot of it. Like it's like, it's like sometimes it's like, you know, it's like the other day, it's like my whole layout changed in the basement because the walls came in well, a bit when we report it. And it's like, you got to redo the whole layout. And you're just like, yeah, I, I love <laughs> it when I've got help. I love, I love creating. Yeah. I love problem solving, like structural stuff. Like, oh, we got to rejig this. You know, this, this beam's in the way. We got to, you know, we got to flush mount it, yeah. point load it, or, you know, throw in a couple of columns. And yeah. I, these things are, I find that just fascinating. Like, okay, we got to solve this and make sure we can still walk through and we don't compromise this. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was my favorite part of any of the projects. And then, of course, seeing the end of it, like seeing the end product. The, the reason I yeah. think for me too, is like when, when we work on these projects ourselves too, it's like seeing the end of it too is so rewarding because it was like, you went to war, like you battled yeah. this house yeah. and this like, especially this one, because this one actually had a whole flood. Yeah. So like the, what happened was the tenant canceled mm-hmm. the hydro while she was still living there. Yeah. And then for some reason, um, it, the power went out and everything froze. Oh, okay. And then I came into a house that was burst, but she was still like living there, but she was gone for the weekend. So this is, this happened while your tenant was living there. Okay. So you bought the place, had one tenant you had put one in, tenant in it, and, yeah. and was that an insurance claim? Yeah. Okay. So you guys got some money out of that. So yeah. T- we timed got, well with the renovation. Yeah. Which was yeah. like not intentional by any means. Yeah. It was honestly more of a pain in the butt because it's like, oh my God, we got to deal with all this crap. And like, I mean, like there's like six inches of water in the basement that you're dealing with. And it was like, yeah, it was rough. It was a rough. And and the insurance company was like, we're not paying out. And then they called me back two hours later. And we're like, oh, sorry. We had it logged in our system as the incorrect. Um, mm-hmm. Like it was, it was incorrectly labeled in our system and it had you as a commercial policy. It's like, well, because originally they're like, so like, you did have flood coverage yeah. with a deductible, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I totally, totally. Like I, I had the coverage, but they mm. missed, missed. Like what was the, what was the damage? Like what were your damages? So, the like in the dollar value yeah, yeah. so they said sixty four thousand dollars worth mm. with repairs and everything like that that's sweet to have put that towards your renovation yeah, yeah. so the buyout was like about 55 mm. after everything deductible and stuff yeah after the deductible so and then but then the other nice part is because i get rental coverage on mine so you pay a little premium for certain things but mm. it pays off right so it's like you know maybe it's like 150 dollar premium a year for rental coverage but now for the six months that i'm doing the reno I'm getting my basically my mortgage paid for. Yeah. Which is perfect. That's sweet. Right? Yeah, that worked out really well. Yeah. So, but it was like dark days there in January. Don't anybody get like, any ideas. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Yeah, I know, I know. It's it's one of those yeah. things where like it worked out. The timing seems a little like too good to be true, but yeah. it was just like one of those things that like, you know, my friends have this saying, yeah. there's, they say like, it's like nothing bad ever happens to Corey. It's because it's like bad things happen to me. I just don't let them 
Yeah. I either have the right coverage or I figure out solutions because it's like I'm not going to stop yeah. with a problem. I'm going to figure yeah. it out and then get through yeah. it. So keep moving forward. Yeah. yeah. So is that that so that's why kind of the US is your next thought because the numbers make more sense. No, numbers yeah. around here don't look so great right now. No, yeah. and I mean like listen, like I, I want to buy more in Niagara, but until the it, until the prices it, make yeah. sense. Yeah. And the thing is there's a psychology to it too, right? Like the sellers are are haven't realized that they've well, they know they've made a mistake, but don't it want takes to time admit, for the prices to come down. Yeah, like they're like, I just still deserve March prices. And it's like, well, no. It's yeah, complete, it's not gonna work like, anymore. Like, look how much, look how much you how much money or how much what the monthly cost is on a seven hundred thousand dollar property at one and a half percent compared to you know, four and a half percent as very like on a variable rate. It's like mm, it's changed, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah a lot. Yeah. yeah. And you just don't have as many buyers in that pool. Exactly. Yeah, right. it's just going to have an effect, and it takes some time. So, um, one thing I'm sure of is there's a lot of money to be made in the next 12 months, 24 months. Yeah, it's just a matter of how we position ourselves and and yeah. prepare ourselves. Stacking cash is to me makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it sounds like you're uh, you're positioning yourself well to take advantage of it. Yeah. One the other thing too with real estate, like that I like learned a long time ago, is like you make the money on the buy. Yeah. Like it's true. You 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 technically you harvest the, on the money sale, on yeah. the sale but like you you make the money on the purchase so you really have to you know there's there's a lot of rentals you can do to make to improve it but like sure really but that's all that the sweat down. yeah it's getting the number at the front and that this is why like when i say there's money to be made it's going to be having a discerning eye at the market spotting a deal that seems to have slipped through the cracks yeah those are the ones i think where a lot of people can make a lot of money right now yeah because there's going to be people who have listed their property in a bad way, wrong board or whatever, and yeah. their pictures suck and, you know, they price it incorrectly and they're just about to do a price drop and you get to them right before it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden they're willing to take a number that no one thought they would take. So those, those type of situations do happen. Yeah, 100%. And uh, for the people who know their market and have been paying attention and have seen how long properties have been listed, yeah. they're the ones that'll pick those up. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. So as long as we keep our eyes out. Yeah. Um, Corey, where do people find you, follow you, reach you? Yeah. So I'm, I'm on Instagram at, um, Corey Matthews realtor. Okay. Um, and, uh, mainly, mainly on Instagram, I've just been like, I've been pretty quiet with mm-hmm. like how much I do like, like in the public eye. So, but, uh, we've been starting to do more like, uh, information, like informative videos and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I just watched enough people and I'm like, okay, I think, there needs to be a different approach, yeah. like a different approach and more, you know what I mean? Like you're great. I think what you guys do and like everything that you have here is like an amazing, honest conversation, which I think is amazing. But there's a lot of realtors out there that I've seen. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on with these posts. Like, it seems like, like there's said, like a, there's like a different, it's, um, it's the hardest motive, thing right? because like, no matter what, like I talk about wanting to monetize this podcast, but I don't want to ever be in a position where I would feel compelled to say something I didn't didn't truly believe. So yeah. I've just resolved that no matter what, it doesn't matter to me. Like that's why I haven't monetized it to this point. Yeah. It's just I just want to be able to speak my mind. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean there isn't a way to do it, but I think everybody like in some of these realtors, it's like a, it's about that check. And yeah. It's got it can't be that way. Well, and the other yeah. thing is that, like in the in their defense in this in, yeah. because I think this is the, the other thing that people don't realize is like they ha- they have a they have a mortgage. 
They their, do. Their mortgage costs went up. Yeah, exactly. They, they have a, so, they, so they have a really nice car. And and has <laughs> a car payment. And, and need like, need is a stinky cologne as a realtor. Like yeah. you can't you can't be needing that deal. So, exactly. So anyone in that position, like find a way to work through to so that you don't have to do that. Yeah. Because, well, and this is yeah. why this is why we were always focused on buying real estate because I always wanted to be I wanted to be in a position where I didn't necessary like i didn't need the commission check yeah exactly immediately yeah to to pay for my life yeah like it's nice because it helps basically mm-hmm. most of the commission i make helps me invest and buy more real estate yeah which then sure allows me yeah. to to become because here's the thing like i've never i give people advice and they're like why are you telling me not to buy this and it's like because yeah like, basically i'm going to tell you not to buy the property until we find the right property that's yeah good, yeah because right? because <laughs> you're going to come back to me and you're going to say why'd you sell me this property and and it won't let you sleep at night right like exactly. that, that i mean that i look at it that way like why would you want to i i'll just say it like it is yeah I, I wouldn't buy this or here's who i think that that deal works for yeah but i don't know if that's you <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly right you know like i think that for instance, the Toronto speculation did make sense for people where that was maybe like one one hundredth of their portfolio oh, yeah. or one tenth. Like mm-hmm. you can afford to have cash losers and not even pay attention to them because yeah. you got a whole bunch of cash winners over somewhere else. Well, especially yeah. too, like if, if you make like, so for somebody that's like in Toronto making 300 grand a year, right? Mm-hmm. They're actually like kind of need a tax loss. So they buy yeah. a condo that's appreciating, which is great. Yeah. But, and then they write um, off the negative cash flow. Exactly. And they're building appreciation. In it. And yeah. I, I've spoken and had that exact conversation with people. Yeah. Like people, they, they don't want the cash flow. Yeah. So makes perfect sense. They're just going to pay 55% of that over to the government. So why not just have it, cash loss? <laughs> exactly. So for some people like yeah. that, and that's where it gets like funny because people are like, oh, why would you want a cash loss? Cash, cash loss. But it's like, it makes sense for the right person in the right scenario. Right. So so that's where you really have to, um, I think it's like about looking at a deal and saying, who does this deal work for? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to work for everything. Or at what price would this deal work for client A? Or client and B. that's and that's yeah. it too right what price? it's not it's not that it does or doesn't yes yeah. it it's there's a number that that yeah. it does or doesn't it was, it was the same thing it's like when, yeah. when stuff comes up in inspections and it goes um you know this is going to cost me like it's like i always got people to it's like let's get the number value on what the problem is in the inspection yeah. how much is that going to cost to fix yeah. is that going to kill the deal yeah right if we can get that price reduced by that amount yeah is that going to make you feel better about it yeah and um most of the time, the seller is willing to reduce the price if it's a super glaring issue. That's yeah, obvious, if it's right? obvious. Yeah, as long as you yeah. can prove it, I think that they are willing. Yeah. Um, so you're you're mostly houses that you're selling, or are you doing apartment buildings? So? No, yeah, like mostly mostly houses. Um, yeah. And I help uh, buyers. I, I love how honestly I love helping buyers like, because like homeowners, homeowners, yeah. yeah, homeowners and investors. But like yeah. the reason I like buyers the best is because they're excited to buy a property <laughs> well no like one you get to give people great advice and they don't pay you you're getting paid by the seller yeah. side so that's not a conversation and two when you're when you're listing a house you only have that house to sell yeah. you have mm. to you have to make like be like yeah this is the greatest house ever you should buy this house but when you're helping buyers it's like this house is garbage this house is garbage this is the one let's mm. go after this one yeah, yeah. right and, and yeah it could be fun yeah i, I think for me like it becomes more um yeah you have like better value uh, okay there cool yeah that's an interesting uh point of view and i i, mm. I can see where you're coming from uh any closing comments final thoughts no uh, the main like my main comment would be just for everybody to kind of like remain patient keep looking like don't get um mm-hmm you know, don't just completely don't get stop. discouraged. Don't yeah, get discouraged, yeah. but keep looking. But just with the thought of having a lot of patience and finding the right deal. 
because it's right. coming. Yeah, yeah. Find those fundamentals. Yeah, yeah and exactly. Just wait for that deal. Or in, but most of them, be active. You got to be active in order to be able yeah. to spot the deal. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can't be sitting at home watching, yeah. like watching TV and wondering why yeah. you're not finding anything. Yeah, yeah. You got to be <laughs> analyzing deal after deal. And yeah, then, exactly. And then, okay, so this is what I need. These type of deals don't work. Here's the approximate, you know, square footage I need and the approximate price that I need for a deal to work. You've already pre-crunched those numbers. Yeah. So now all of a sudden the deal comes up. Okay, that's and the one. Ch- and check out different cities. Yeah. Check out different asset classes. Like, sure. Like the other thing we're going to start looking into is like commercial and self-storage and things like yeah. that. Right? So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense, man. Okay, well, that we'll have to save that for episode two. But yeah. uh, it's great talking to you. I appreciate you coming over, and awesome. uh, it's great to have a, an in-depth conversation with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. Real estate values and interest rates are changing quickly and huge opportunities are opening up in the marketplace. But to take advantage of those opportunities, you're going to need real estate experts on your team. That's why I've brought my first sponsor on the show, Jacob Campanero with Royal LePage Signature. Jacob is an expert commercial multifamily realtor, and he's also the resident realtor on my new deal analysis show, REI Hot Seat, which is available on YouTube. If you're looking to add a quality piece to your real estate power team, Jacob and his team are there to help. To book a consultation with a member of his team, fill out the form available through the link in the show notes on this episode, and a member of his team will be in touch.